welcome to the Geek Night In, episode 59. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm here this week with Gemma. Hello. And Kate. Hello. Hello, we are all here, we are podcasting. It's it's a day, You're we're in your ears, it's all going to be wonderful. Um, places to start, who has topics they want to talk about today? Well, I was actually rather intrigued by what you put in your show. Notes, I, I know which one, which one you're going to ask about. Is this the Ingress story? Oh, actually, no. Oh, no. Oh, which, you've mentioned oh, that one now. Okay, which which one were you interested in? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm not going to try. Uh, workflow disruption. Oh, well, we'll get to workflow disruption. But now that <laughs> I brought it up first, I, I'm excited to tell. I have an Ingress story this week. So... As we all know, and I've talked, we've talked about this on the show before, Gemma plays Ingress, which is this iOS game where you go to physical places and press buttons to hack portals. Also and on Android. Also on Android. And all of my, like, my parents and the surrounding like field of adults around them have got really into Ingress because of this podcast. And I have a story about my father who rented a kayak to go and get an Ingress portal. <laughs> So here is the story of this. Um, So there is a portal for ingress on Brown Sea Island. And Brown Sea Island (laughs) closes to visitors (laughs) over the winter. And you are not allowed to land on Brown Sea Island and no ferries go out there. So it's once like that portal has been changed, like the day before the... uh, the island closes for the winter, you can't get to the island in which to change the portal back. So this was, I believe it was a blue portal. Uh, no, it was it was a green portal until like the day before Brown Sea Island closed for the winter and then the blue team overtook the island. And my dad, who's on the green team, was not happy about this. So he rented a kayak, kayaked out to Brown Sea Island. He wasn't allowed to land on the island but he sort of hovered as close to the island as he could get until he could get close enough to the portal, hacked the portal, and kayaked back. I've been to Brownsea Island, and it's it's not... It is a, a considerable distance from the mainland if you are kayaking. It's a it's a big enough distance that if you kayak there... In, there's a video of it online somewhere of him kayaking out there. It looks really <laughs> stormy. So he kayaked out in some kind of a storm to get a portal on Brownsea Island and kayak back because he wasn't going to leave um, it the other teams for however many months. It could be, though, that like when he gets back, he's like, yay, and then logs on, and it turns out that the red squirrels of Brownsea Island are actually also on Ingress. <laughs> the thing is my mother is on the opposite team to him and she owns a kayak and goes kayaking regularly so i've told her about this and we'll see she may decide to kayak back out and reclaim the portal to you know cause expense for him because he's not going to keep renting a kayak i i don't think so yeah it is a heroic feat because um the players around here do something similar um a lot of people know that Stockholm has an archipelago, but it's an archipelago on both sides. And uh, a lot of the places here are connected by ferries, which, again, shut off for the winter. So most of the people living on, on like islands out in the lake to the west of Stockholm, they have their own boats because they need them. But if they don't tend to play ingress. So people visit these islands and do exactly the same. They claim a portal and then leave it there for the winter. Because if you're playing in the middle of the city, it's highly unlikely you're going to get a guardian portal, which is uh, basically it's an achievement or a medal you can get for keeping 
a portal for a certain number of days. And um, if you get a portal on a deserted island, then you might just get that. Yeah, so my husband and I were trying to keep a guardian portal around here, but it was nowhere near as isolated as was needs be because we live kind of near a nature reserve. But the trouble is, <laughs> Swedes like to go out running and walking and stuff. They're oh, down those very... Swedes liking nature. Grumble, grumble. <laughs> it's just Scandinavians get out too much. So we've <laughs> too not much to fresh those. air. I, what do we even do with that? I have actually managed to get a Guardian portal that I've, I didn't realize was happening, but I've held on to it for about 46 days now. So I'm now like panicked about it because it's not that isolated. It's kind of hidden in plain sight. So I'm hoping it stays with me, but it's not on an island or anything near that cool. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem. You've talked about it now and people are going to work out where the portal is and it's so oh, it's going to be a big problem. Everyone's going to find your portal now. Yeah, I'm specifically not talking well, yeah. details. That's fine. We will uh, we will tease it out of you eventually, I am sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that is updated stories of people doing crazy things for ingress, because, of course, they do. Um, so what else do we have on the topics today? Uh, Gemma, do you have any topics you want to bring up of your own? Not, I'd like to bring up a topic that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I could talk about effectively what I did over my nerdy holidays. Um, what did actually, you do over your nerdy holidays? Well, I actually just wrote a uh, Tumblr blog post about this because I decided I need to write more this year, generally. Um, but yeah, uh, back in September, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast, I visited the UK for long enough that basically I raided my supply of Lego and I brought Ooh. it over. I filled a spare suitcase with Lego <laughs> and brought it over here. That is a I, very geeky thing to do. Because <laughs> I have this collection which has been built up since I uh, probably about age five or something. Mm. And like, th- there are... The standard Lego bricks, which I know came from this bucket I got bought when I was uh, very young, and also bespoke pieces. And I remembered owning a few um, things like uh, castle sets and uh, spaceships and things like that. So I I knew I had a mixture of this basic Lego and these sets. So uh, over this Christmas, I decided to go through this massive pile of Lego and start building some of the sets. I was able to find uh, instruction manuals online because there's a huge online community of adult fans of Lego uh, who have scanned all these instructions and gone through databases and listed like what parts you need to make each model. And it's a fantastic resource for basically going through this stuff. And as long as you can remember which sets you have, you can actually rebuild it based on the sets you've got. But what I then found is that once I'd built what I could remember, I still had a lot of Lego left over, left over, which was kind of odd pieces, very unique ones, things like car mudguards and things like that. Um, but what some people might not know is that most Lego pieces, if you have a look usually under them, um, they have a four-digit printed part number on them. So if you go to websites like, uh, I think the main one I use is Brickset, um, brickset.com um, you can type in this part number and it will give you a list of what set sets it appears in so you get this list basically of like possible sets this could have come from and suddenly I'm finding all these sets that I completely forgot I owned but are right there on the website and I can download the instructions and then rebuild those so yeah. I've basically been going through that in, in previous days and it turns out a few people have this sort of thing if you have like a whole pile of Lego and you've got some really weird pieces of like 
car chassis or something you don't remember where they come from go to just have a look around online you can even google like lego and then this four digit number and you will find websites which tell you how to rebuild the thing so i'm I'm very tempted to do this someday the problem i have is that my rather sizable very similar lego collection that's a lot of assorted bricks and then a lot of like here is the front guard from a tie fighter from when you had a lego tie fighter somewhere and here's a bit of this and that i have no idea what's in there and i should probably go through it problem being it's kind of been co-opted by my parents for for their grandchildren so i'm (laughs) like i now need to fight the lego set away from the children and be like right i know that they use this every time they come over but that's my lego i want it back please thank you i want my toys because i am a giant child (laughs) And well, Lego is expensive. Well, the nice thing you could do is if you do go through and sort these parts, I mean, you can find out the you can find the sets that you specifically want to keep. But if there are any that you don't want to keep, and you know you have all the pieces, or even if you don't, you I'll, I'll come back to that. If there's a set you no longer need, you could actually like print out the instructions online and then present this as a set. Yeah, it's... but that that assumes that I'm willing to share, and you know, I'm a, I'm a giant child. No, 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 that Fair is enough. a good idea. <laughs> I suppose also for reselling potentially. Well, there's um, always that as well. Yeah. Um, this basically this like this whole reading, you know, looking up the product, uh, brick number and finding out the set was basically when I had to do an entire chapter on classification and online databases and museums, and I really wish they'd done it with Lego rather than Greek vases. Um, that would have been a lot cooler. Right. Yeah. Only you had known that this was a thing you could have done instead of Greek vases. Well, I've never played with Lego properly. I've never um, like followed. I didn't even know you had instructions till Gemma just said. <laughs> you do if you buy like specific sets for things. You'll yeah, get instructions on how to build. Like them. we were really broke. Like we didn't even have a proper sofa. It was made out of breeze blocks. So most of our stuff was secondhand. So it probably would have been like the the instructions like went missing like all our barbies didn't fit like the shoes because they weren't actually standard like mattel regulation <laughs> barbies <laughs> their feet were too big or oh too no big. their feet were the wrong size however will you live but it was like we'd have you know you'll be setting up your little tea set or whatever and you'll have like a brat doll with a head the size of a house and then barbie whose legs would be you know the length of your brat doll it was it was very confusing i had to learn about perspective at a quite young age <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so Kate what have you got on the topic list this week that you would like to talk about well I don't think I actually put anything on the topic list I haven't done that much really over Christmas I've been reading a lot um, I've been, I got some history books for Christmas which was amazing I've been reading How to Be a Tudor by Ruth Goodman Oh, amazing I remember that halfway through googling it um, and that's a good book it talks about like um you know what would you wear how would your clothes be washed where would you send your children to school so that's good um what else have I done I watched Star Wars oh what did you think it was good I would like to see it again and I bought a Finn and a Ray um pop vinyl (laughs) this is impressive considering that when it came out you were like don't like Star Wars don't want to see Star Wars somebody asked me yesterday I couldn't sleep and I was like oh ask me questions and somebody said who's like the worst Star Wars character and I ended up listing like most of the characters (laughs) and I don't know what it is about Star Wars like I really enjoyed um Force Awakens and then um I watched Empire Strikes Back and Phantom Menace the next 
Day or New Year's Day or something. I, I did enjoy your tweets about the Phantom Menace. They yeah, were I watched very with, enjoyable. I watched it with my sister and my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was like, you know, really loved... Um, he's always really loved Star Wars. So he was, you know, telling us things and helping explain it. I mean, my sister were just kind of taking the piss. But it was very enjoyable to watch. And I thought, I do like the the films like I can really appreciate their iconic status in the you know canon of film but at the same time like a lot of it really annoys me it's like um at Nine Worlds last year when I kept complaining about how much I hated Game of Thrones um Star Wars has despite the fact that I did multiple talks I think on Game of Thrones and spent like six months researching the damn thing but Star Wars I haven't spent months researching it and I'm not terribly invested but I just find it enjoyable and exhausting at the same time i don't know i just have a really weird relationship with it but i really want to go and see it again i want to see an imax yeah i want to collect action figures of it oh my goodness yeah i had the exact same reaction to episode seven i've gone and seen it multiple times already and i'm just like i love these characters all of them need to just be in everything forever thank you i i Um, I really it was it was good fun yeah um i had a good day and yeah i think that was it I, s- yes, that's yeah. all I'm doing really. I watched Star Wars, read some books, and I watched Beowulf today. Ooh. Beowulf, how weird. It's basically, Game of Thrones is really popular. People have heard of Beowulf. Um, let's put people in nice dresses and like make it look like How to Train Your Dragon and we'll have Beowulf and it's terrible and weird. And it's by ITV, who are not very good at, um, you know, dramas and things. Because I think, what was it? They had a dinosaur show with Hannah from S Club. If they did, I don't know what that show is. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, it was set in the Forest of Dean, wasn't it? Primeval. Primeval, yeah. Primeval. Laura making it sound like I was making it up. Well, no, I was picturing walking (laughs) with dinosaurs and being like, I don't remember anyone from S Club being in that. (laughs) First of all, that would be amazing. Um, it would be, but I didn't think it was a thing. But I don't think that was a particularly good show. So ITV is not really that good at those kind of dramas, fantasy, historical things. So that's interesting to watch, and I'm not taking it very seriously. Um, but feel free to come and watch that. And Wolf Hall I've started watching as well. So that And that is very good. It makes me very happy. And um, it makes me hate Henry VIII more than I already did, which I didn't realise was possible. <laughs> that is an impressive feat, it seems. Um, so, yeah, what what have I got on the topic list today? Oh, I have a slightly depressing topic, but then it goes into a good topic, if that works for everyone. Are we cool but... with what starts off as a depressing topic and then gets good? Yeah, rather that than the other way around. Okay, we'll go with that one. So... I've got a thing to talk about today because this has been a big thing on my head. So, yeah, I have Asperger's syndrome and I have pretty bad anxiety. And uh, I find that I quite often have issues with workflow disruption. So here's, here's the behind the scenes on Laura. I will sometimes have something goes wrong in my work day. And for example, like today, that is, I'd planned to do one thing with my work day, and it turns out a file that I needed was broken. And what I should do, I know, is like, okay, continue with what I was going to do today. I can't do anything about this broken problem. There's no use, you know, wasting time over it. What I actually do 
is obsess over it and obsess over the thing that I can't fix and use up an entire day trying useless solutions that I know aren't going to work and wasting a work day and then feeling bad because I'm behind schedule and I've not been productive and my work schedule is thrown off because I obsessed over a thing I couldn't control. Could I interject and say I do that exact same thing as yeah, well? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a fun thing, is it? Yeah, you're definitely not alone in it. Yeah, and it's really... It's really difficult when it's like when you're self-employed and it's one of those you don't have someone else like an immediate supervisor that you can say, hey, this is what's going wrong. And they they for them to say, OK, pass that on to someone else to fix or don't worry about it. Get on with this and to tell you which things to prioritize. And I end up prioritizing the wrong thing because I obsess over the thing that I can't fix. And there's a bit of my brain that won't let me focus on the new bit of work until the other thing's done. That's the kind of depressing starting topic because that's how I wasted my day today was not good on the positive side though is I wanted to talk about sort of the flip side of that and good stress relieving like cathartic stress relieving projects that are really helpful for getting out of that state of mind and I do have a couple of examples of this that I've been finding really useful recently so the big one that's currently a hit in in my new household with Tilly and um, Mia and Retta, who you heard on the Star Wars podcast, um, is adult colouring books, which have really picked up steam this year as a thing that places sell and people do. I got about, I think I now have about 11. And I think I got five for Christmas, which is what happens when you tell your family that you have depression. Yeah, and it's <laughs> they a, all buy you cards. Basically, it's it's a really good way to focus on a task that you can slowly complete, that you can see being completed, and you finish, and you're like, I did achieve something, even if it's not much. You have something that's completed, and you can be like, I can section that off. That is entirely done. Every bit of it is done. There is nothing more to be done on it. I can put that project aside. And there's something really calming about that and about just very slowly taking time and filling in lines. So basically the idea is, hey, here is a page of whatever pattern. It's far more intricate and detailed than a children's colouring book. Spend however long you want slowly colouring this thing in. And it's really relaxing. Related, this is why an entire cupboard in my house is covered now with castle-themed Lego models. Well, this Precisely is, the same reason. This is exactly where I was going to go, and I was like, I don't know how to segue to it in the middle of the Lego conversation, but I can see where Lego would have that appeal, because I've been doing another thing that is very much the same appeal as Lego, and that is building Gundam model kits, which is about <laughs> as nerdy as things get. So I got given a, a couple of secondhand Gundam model kits a while back, and I've been trying to save them for times when I really needed it. There is something really relaxing about following instructions and putting this all these small, intricate pieces together until you have quite a detailed-looking model of a robot, and it's like, oh, I can open these panels up, and there's a little tiny person inside, and I can open these and do that. And it's fragile as all hell, but it's done and completed and I spent way too many hours building this tiny little model of a robot. So that's very relaxing in the same way that I imagine Lego is. Huh. Actually, yeah. what is a Gundam model made of? Like, Because when I think of model kits, I tend often to think of airfix. 
despite the fact I never really had one. It's just okay. like a British it's, thing, it's, maybe. It's similar in nature to something like that. It's it's a load of plastic pieces that, at least in the kits I've been using, uh, they don't require any glue. They are just like a big sheet of pieces. The sheet will have like a letter. So like this sheet of plastic pieces is A, 1, B, C, whatever. And then each of the pieces on there is numbered. And you'll go through onto a page and it'll say, okay, go to sheet C, pop piece B out of the plastic, connect it to this piece from this sheet, and you just sort of push them together and they snap in. And you slowly push all these pieces together and clip them into each other and put a plastic robot together. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's it's a very slow and arduous process, but it's very relaxing. I find it helps also doing something physically with your hands. Because one yes. of the things I found was that a lot of my uh, depression and anxiety was getting built up around the computer because I was doing things like job applications and uh, trying to manage projects, a variety of things. So taking a break from that, it was nice to be able to not only work something physically with my hands, but then have a physical thing at the end. Um, I think the same goes for coloring books because that that's still something you can yeah there is look still at. there is still like a physicality to it that's definitely helpful, particularly when you work all day on a computer and nothing has any permanence on a computer in that same way oh yeah it's yeah. like this page of the book is done, and I, just because I'm not looking at it doesn't stop that page being completed now, whereas on a computer it's very much like, well, I closed the tab, that thing I created is now gone forever in my mind. <laughs> so yeah, um, other things. Gemma, do you have any other things today? Oh yeah, other thing I did over Christmas. Um, I decided to treat myself um, uh, in a weird way because I decided to patronise somebody whose work I've been enjoying for a while. And this this gets really odd. I'm not actually talking about Patreon. Um, but uh, in this instance, it was actually because I'd been listening to um, Miracle of Sound music for quite a while now, I think. Like, basically ever since uh, hearing some of, like, basically, I think getting teased from the podquisition, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I decided to actually finally buy an album because it's, uh, it's sold through Bandcamp. So um, you get, like, the free streaming things. I was basically using that and going about my household chores and stuff. So yeah, you know, I was rather enjoying being able to finally pay, like reward an artist I've been enjoying. Um, so I've, I've only got this one particular example, but I wondered if you two have had any of that sort of experience of finding out, finally being able to pay back somebody whose work you've enjoyed or something like that. I have done a little bit of that. Like since I've been doing well on Patreon, I've tried to put a little bit of money back into some creators that I've enjoyed. Like for the, for a number of years, running up to up to now that I previously couldn't support in any way. So that's uh, thinking of good examples. Um, it's now called School of Movies. It used to be called Digital Drift, and before that, it was Digital Gonzo. But um, it's a wonderful series of podcasts that I used to listen to that do really in-depth reviews of sort of movies and video games and TV that I really like their work. And I've been backing them on Patreon for a little while. Um, the Comedy Button podcast, which I really enjoyed, I've put some money back into, put a little bit of money back into Brentel Floss, who makes some really good um, oh, yeah. video game parody songs and stuff. So I've done a little bit of that this year. It's not been much, but now that I have a little disposable income, and that's coming through like patronage as a model. I'm like, oh, 
yeah, I would like to give some of this back to some creators who I've enjoyed because that seems like a good thing for me to do. Just say, yeah. So what about you, Kate? Have you given money to creators you've liked? You? <laughs> Yay! Uh, um, I think like I think a lot of it, like a lot of the people I follow on Twitter and on Tumblr and stuff, um, there's not really any like big people who kind of you know are full-time using their patreons and things like that um or if they do it's mainly like donation you know they run to like kind of like a tip jar but um often Mm -hmm. if you get a sample of something like even if it's just like a kindle the first book's free you know and then you're like oh that was amazing and then the next book's like three pounds four pounds and you're like yay i can buy it and you're it's kind of just you know, giving away your work for free is a big deal. And then to know that somebody is actually getting the um, getting the payback from giving out a sample. It's like, yay, your bug, your gamble paid off. Hooray. And yeah. also, it's worth noting, someone has just joined us. I can do Tilly, hello. Tilly. Hello. How are you? Tired. Oh, you've been at work all day, haven't you? Yeah, I just finished a 13-hour shift. And, and you've rushed straight home to join the Geek Night Inn. How wonderful of you. Yes, I am hobbling down the road right now. You're still walking home, aren't you? Uh-huh. This is not a good time to answer the, the podcast phone. <laughs> you can hear all your, your shuffling and whatnot. <laughs> oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. I'll walk quieter, shall I? Uh, it's all the wind that we can hear, but, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to have you, even if people can hear a bit of rustling in the background. <laughs> There's no wind. It's just because I'm walking so fast. <laughs> <laughs> just the wind going past you, like, they... you, like Apollo or maybe Hermes. I don't know, I've been studying the Iliad today. <laughs> right. So, Tilly, now that you are here, do you have any geeky things you'd like to talk about? No, I just missed you. Ah, you do have one thing you should talk about because there's a thing that I was tempted to bring up, but I was like, no, this is Tilly's topic. Do you want to talk about your river monsters? River monsters? Yeah, river monsters. Oh, I thought that was a book for a second there. No, river monsters, that thing you've been watching. I'm pretty sure um, I've talked about it on the show before. If you are, I haven't been aware of it. Huh. Anyway. Any bells uh... for me. (laughs) All right then. I nearly fell off the step. That's not good. So no. river monsters. What yes. is river monsters? Um, yeah. Oh, I can hear you entering our home. Oh my goodness, how weird. That's very weird to be able to hear that out of one ear and Hello. on the podcast. Oh my goodness, there's an echo. <laughs> it's like a geek night in, like, roofing reporter thing. <laughs> this is our roaming reporter has, has arrived at the scene. Um, so yeah, what is m- River Monsters? Oh, it's like a detective show, but with fishing. I, it's really cool. Oh, it's all gone a bit demonic. I'm just going to let you know, Tilly, you probably need to shut yourself in a room because I can currently, my microphone's too good. It's picking you up from downstairs. Okay, can you hear me now? That's better. What if yes. I shout? Uh, well, you both went robotic for a time and we've lost oh. Kate. This is all very dramatic. Hello, are you back, Kate? <laughs> yes. Sorry, it all went a bit weird. Okay, yeah. everything is fine. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tilly, what is River Monsters? <laughs> <laughs> okay, River Monsters is like, it's kind of like a detective show, but the murderer is a fish. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I think it's kind of a... 
I think it's a reality thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, with um, with Jeremy Wade. Which, the fact that his surname is Wade and he goes into Rivers, it's given me no end of amusement. <laughs> I think it's amazing. But, like, basically, he'll hear of a story, like, in the Amazon of, say, someone went swimming in the river and they disappeared. And then a few days later, their body washed up with no puncture wounds or bite marks or anything, just like one hole in the calf muscle. This is an actual thing that happened. And then he goes fishing to try and figure out what fish did it. (laughs) I would rather watch this than the New Year's Sherlock thing. I didn't watch it, and all I heard about that Sherlock is apparently it had um, Benedict Cumberbatch mansplaining feminism to a bunch of suffragettes. Oh, God. So I'm really glad I didn't watch it. I did not watch it either because yeah. I am no fool. Fool me once, Moffat. Yeah, Mo- <laughs> Moffat. You. This is. I think this might be the peak of Moffat, like terrible Moffat writing, is Sherlock going to the suffragettes to tell them how to be feminists. Well, because, I, of course I, he did. I recommend that you will watch um, River Monsters instead of Sherlock. Yeah, Don't I tell Moffat though, because he'll like remake it with Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I really, <laughs> he will. I really enjoyed the couple of episodes of River Monsters that I watched uh, with Tilly this week. Basically, like there was there was a fish that ate a person whole, and there was a mystery of how could a shark have gotten over this dam? Did it jump? No, of course not. But how could it get over the dam? So you could say that. So you could say that the show jumped the shark. The the show found a way not to jump the shark. Oh, that's it. It, it, it should have jumped the shark, but it managed not to jump the shark. So yeah, that that is a show that I have been like vicariously enjoying through Tilly this week. Yeah, I've been um, marathoning it on YouTube, and it's just it's really good. Usually, it's on on like the Discovery Channel, and when I go to my mum's on a Sunday, it's on all day. So <gasps> I go to so my that- mum's for for dinner, and I'm like. Everyone shut up. It's River Monsters. Have any of you watched Dog the Bounty Hunter? Yes. Oh yep. God, I love that show. It's terrible in all the best ways. I love it so much. If, if anyone it's... hasn't seen Dog the Bounty Hunter, it's about a middle-aged man that goes out to like find people who've skipped bail. But it's like him and his really hilariously lovely family going out being like, yeah, family road trip. We're going to go out in our cars and beat up some bad guys. <laughs> to do like a prayer circle before they get involved with bad guys yeah it's a weird weird yeah. show they all stand around and they're like three two one yeah family and then they go arrest a person it's amazing they like track them across the country it's like oh we know he was here when's he gonna come back I grumble watched, grumble like, um, uh, I think I've spoken about sixpence before um, which is like a tumbler that um, Gemma would like it's spooky things basically um, but um, a friend of mine and I really liked Sixpence and then she stayed around mine and I was like oh let's watch something scary and she was like no I don't like horror movies because she's a baby but we watched like we were just flicking through the channels and it was like real life ghost stories and it had these um, you know it was just people teenagers from like Alabama or like Alaska telling their terrible ghost stories or like you know great aunt susan who you know from new england saying about how the cat fell over once in her attic but they like reconstruct it really dramatically with like terrible um doubles for <laughs> the people oh it was the best thing oh, I've seen. oh my god my favorite thing about river monsters i've just remembered is there was a, a version of river monsters we saw that had like 
it was like unhooked or something and it had it had all of these like it had all of these little like bubbles of descriptive text but they were the most mundane hilarious things like at one point they've got like a like on the screen there's someone in a in a lab like mixing things while they're talking about like oh we were waiting for the lab results about the fish and at the bottom it just comes up with this is not an actual lab we filmed it in our director's garage and <laughs> It's it's all like weird production notes about like, hey, we we re refilmed this in a river that was kind of near where the thing happened, but we did it in a bit of the river where there were no fish because we didn't want to do it where there were fish. Yeah, like we didn't want to do it where we could get eaten. Yeah, except that one stupid thing where he like goes swimming. He's like, hmm, I'm looking for a barracuda that is like big enough to. Uh, was it a python or something where it's like it's big enough to strangle and crush oh, yeah, a human the hole. anaconda anaconda so he goes swimming and he finds one i'm like what why you know this thing can kill people don't go did swimming with it did he bring buns no he he went scuba diving with a deadly yeah, thing did he bring buns for the anaconda <laughs> uh, i thought he oh, said guns God. i thought he said guns now i uh, <laughs> yeah oh that reminds me i saw i uh, i went for research, I watched a lot of crocodile documentaries. Um, Dal Dundee is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that documentary. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, I watched a lot of crocodile documentaries. And there was one of this, like, totally bonkers South African guy who was like, I believe that crocodiles are intelligent, sensitive creatures. And to prove it, I'm going to swim with them. And I was like... Okay. When I was, can I just? I think I've told this crocodile story about when I was in Australia and the guide was like, "If you encounter a crocodile, just like poke it in the throat and you'll be fine." Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's all you need to know. I think it was uh, advice on river monsters that someone got was to, um, if you get attacked by a crocodile, offer it your arm so then you have both legs to run away. I'm not gonna like. It's it's not like a pagan god. I'm not offering anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm running. I'm saying goodbye. Like this isn't the apprentice. We don't make a deal. No, but like let it take your arm. No. <laughs> Surely it's Dragon's Den where you make a deal and not the apprentice. No, in Dragon's Den they, they I think they make you an offer, which seems ridiculous because I don't think a dragon would make you an offer. But in well, you don't know. I, Have you, you ever met a dragon? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean to like misrepresent dragons. Um, whereas in The Apprentice, they make deals with various people throughout the show. Don't try me on The Apprentice, Laura. Mm-hmm. I missed, we had to record early because of The Apprentice. Yeah, we did. We, we, me and Tilly just like avoided spoilers and watched it late. No, Actually, Tilly didn't watch, either. she didn't avoid spoilers. She accidentally caught spoilers anyway. But. Yeah, without spoiling it, um, I think, based on the finale, the person who won probably deserved to win. No, I preferred Vana, and I've actually got her up. You see how I was trying to avoid spoilers, and you're like, oh, I think think the other... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a fail. Well done, Kate. Okay, throughout the whole process, I thought that Vana should win. Watching the final... 
I kind of saw the argument for her not winning, and I'm kind of happy that Joseph won. Plumbing, plumbing is boring. I want words with friends. Yeah, but in an app. Yeah, That's but how- it is really unviable. And and Joseph, he tried really hard, and he's really sweet. And his plumbing business is actually like a sensible business model that's not likely to waste all of Alan Sugar's money. Alan Sugar has like also two. They still get offered two hundred fifty thousand pounds on The Apprentice. Like inflation, Alan. That's not going to get you anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There is that. It's it, it reminds me of that uh, Mitchell and Weblock sketch. It's like, what is the the largest possible, the smallest possible large amount of money we can give them that they're yes, willing to embarrass exactly. themselves for? It's like, ah, two hundred and fifty will do. Yeah. What else have we got this week? Have we got any other things we want to talk about? I've got a hilarious game recommendation, and the a hilarious ongoing... one. Ooh. Yeah. And the ongoing series of games which my husband and I are fast running out of to play, because um, for a long time we've, we've struggled. Because we, we, uh, we played a lot of the Lego theme games, um, but like apart from running out of most of them, they also became incredibly buggy and we just couldn't get through that anymore. Uh, but in the Steam sale, we picked up The Cave by Double Fine. Ooh. And oh, that is good. Um, how many times through have you played it so far we're actually just about to complete our third playthrough which will get all the characters done Um, okay uh, so for people who aren't aware of Double Fine they might be familiar with uh, the buzz around Psychonauts for example that was their like biggest cult hit I suppose uh, some time ago but they're known for like really quirky cartoony uh, graphics and really good comedic writing um and the cave has a lot of that it was uh, co-written by ron gilbert who's the guy who did monkey island um yeah and the cave features seven characters uh all of whom are a very diverse bunch actually you've got uh racial age and gender diversity going on in there it's brilliant um and by far and away my favorite character is the the scientist, who is a middle-aged woman who um, is, like, she she spends the entire game walking around with her hands in her lab coat pockets, just strolling around, looking nonchalantly at stuff and just frowning at it. Um, she's, like, a perfect caricature. But the game is basically an exploration through uh, this cave. So you complete puzzles, and they're set around these characters' motivations and their greatest desires and hilarity ensues basically because they're all terrible people um and it's it's multiplayer uh i think it's up to three players can play on the same machine although there are some bits where basically it defaults to player one and you kind of just have to play solo for a little bit but i think it's generally well balanced in the end and yeah i've enjoyed playing it so far it's probably about like a 20 hour game if you're the sort of person who looks at duration um yeah good funds woo um i'm trying to think if i've got anything else to talk about this week i've been working a lot this week because big surprise that's what i seem to do with my time um i've been replaying a game that i think a lot of people who listen to this podcast might really like um that's called read only memories um read only memories is a cyberpunk point and click adventure set in the near future where basically three technological advances have happened or are happening. And it is cybernetic augmentation, uh, genetic modification, 
and AI is just starting to be a thing. And basically you are set in in this world trying to solve a mystery of a disappearance of someone who was very heavily involved in AI. And what I think is really interesting that, you know, the diversity geeky podcast that we are, uh, it does some really interesting things very early on in terms of um, in making diversity seem very, very simple. Um, very early in the game, you have to register a robot. And because it's a robot and it's it's big, stupid, idiot robot, you have to put in a bunch of information. And that information you have to put in is used in really interesting ways. So in most sort of like RPGs and things, you might have to heal with healing items that might be different to your dietary needs in real life. So you might have to eat pork chops to heal if you're kosher or whatever. And the robot will ask you... Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say using pork chops to heal if you are kosher? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That that would be be a bit like, ooh, that's not great that I have to do that. Like, real you is kosher. In the game, you have to use pork chops to heal, maybe. And it's like, oh, that's not great. Yes. Um, Yeah, I was just like... (laughs) The robot will ask for for dietary needs that you might have so that in-game it can give you restaurant recommendations. Because it's a robot, it what the robot wants to give you restaurant recommendations. So the robot is TripAdvisor. Yeah, pretty much. But it uses that information to tweak what items you're offered in the game so that they don't clash with you in real life's dietary requirements. Hmm. Which is like little interesting things like that. It asks for pronouns and things in really inter- like really simple ways, up to the point that you can you can write your own pronouns if you if you prefer. Um, And it just does a really good job of doing diversity in a way where none of the characters are about the minority groups they're in, but there are just people from various minority backgrounds everywhere and it's lovely and they're all amazing and I love Mm. them. It sounds like both these games have the same thing. Well, actually, no, it sounds like Read Only Memories goes goes some way to include the player a bit. But one thing that struck me in the cave, because I do a diversity podcast inside of it as well is the basic rule that um if you can change the gender or the racial background or uh, age of the character and it has no bearing on the game mechanics why not do it and it sounds like both these games have done that and like it doesn't seem to change no I tell you what, it's more of the cave thing because it sounds like i said read any memory seems to uh, reach out never mind I, I talked myself out of my own point Oh, it's always great when you do that. It's like, ah, oh, I'm making my point. No, no, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been playing, actually, rather than going into more stuff I've been playing, we've just gone into 2016. So one thing that might be worth talking about a little bit is, do we have any favorite things from 2016 that we've not really talked about yet? That it could be music, movies, games, comics, where you're like, that was the thing I really liked in 2015. No, because 2015 was the worst. <laughs> like, I think there is a cultural agreement that it was a terrible year. I don't think anybody mm. has actually been like, 2015, that was my year. And, like, I think, you know, as a history student, in 100 years, they will look back upon this year and be like, oh, everyone said 2015 was such a bad year. Speak for yourself. And it'll be like, it, but they'll be like, why? Was it the economy? Was it politics? And everyone will be like, no, it just really sucked. Like, no, there was no good TV. Speak for yourself. I got to dance on stage with Gerard Way and play a tambourine. I 
spent a whole year writing about video games. I um I was alive during that year that the British Prime Minister allegedly like put his penis in a pig. That was the only that was the highlight of the year and Bake Off. I saw a Star Wars film, I saw Bake Off. It was a pretty good year for me. It's not Bake the worst Off. year I've had. Bake Off and the pig thing. I got to move into a house. It's been all right. For you. <laughs> Yeah, the for me. The rest of the universe is like. Well, me. that's why I said talk, speak for yourself. I think most people would be on the same side that yeah, 2015 sucked. Uh, it was the year I got to hang out on a uh, Finnish island and make games for a couple of days in a like woodland nature reserve on a an island that you could walk across in about half an hour. That was good. That's um, quite cool. Yeah, but other than that, it sucked was better than 2014 i don't remember anything past like this morning but um nine worlds was good and i went on holiday and that was it yay yay for years hooray so if we haven't got anything else is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week yeah 2015 was awful and we were all sad yeah, I I quite liked a lot of stuff. I liked a lot of video games. Um, Star Wars was a good film. Inside Out was a good film. Um, oh yeah, I finally saw Inside Out. I forgot to mention that, and I, I cried twice. Aww. We we just rewatched as a house uh, Inside Out again last night. I cried right throughout that film again because oh, it breaks my heart. Yeah. Oh, oh, those oh. feelings have come back to me now. Yeah. So. Tilly and Gemma. Uh, Kate, have you seen Inside Out? Yes, we had a whole podcast discussion on it. Oh, yeah, we did. I'm it sorry. Felt... I, I do a lot of shows. I forget who I've spoken to about <laughs> what. I'm sorry. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I'm looking at the sadness it's... pop that you got me. Yay, pop. Oh, I'm looking at it now. That's a very good point. You got me Joy, who is sat over to the side. Mum um... got annoyed at me the other day. We were watching a TV show and they oh call the midwife and they named the baby Joy and I just went that's a fucking stupid name. And she was really angry because it's both our middle names. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did she name me Joy, but it is her name also. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Inside Out short version. It's a really good film that um, for kids it gives them some really good lessons about mental health that are really healthy things for them to learn. Yeah. Is that fair to say? And for adults, we can just look upon sadness and feel redeemed somehow. I don't yes. know. Maybe that's just it is, me. It is okay to Kinship. feel sad sometimes. Sadness yeah. has a purpose. Yeah. And also, I learned uh, today that somebody did a, a cut of the film where they basically took all the inside stuff out and you get a 15-minute film about hockey. <laughs> It's just a, a sad kid who moves and then runs away from home, but they come back and play some hockey. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Okay. Well, in the in that case, we'll wrap up there for this week. So, uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. That's a slightly better ending note than we had. Uh, Self promotion, Gemma. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter, where I go by Raygun Goff, and I go by that name at a bunch of other places as well. Woo! And Kate. I am at what Katie underscore did, where I tweet about history and makeup. And also tonight I tweeted about Beowulf and I will probably do the same thing at seven o'clock next Sunday. Woo. And Tilly, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I am at gathering Tilly on Twitter. Hey. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. And then you can find me at Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. LauraKBuzz.com is where everything I post goes. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can watch me playing Read Only Memories, um, Katawa Shoujo, um, Undertale. Otherwise, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. That's what allows me to pay the bills and whatnot. So, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we will have another episode for you again soon. Bye. 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 Laters.